This is episode number 123 of Patrick Jones Baseball, and on this episode we have Brandon Janeka. Brandon is the co-owner of True Grind Systems in Austin, Texas. He graduated from Texas State University, majored in exercise and sports science, and he started up this facility, and it's a data-driven sports performance facility. Um, I really like Brandon and his style because... Much like uh, in the baseball world with hitting, with pitching, uh, you'll see some guys who are just old school, who are just new school. Um, but Brandon's a combination of both in in the strength training side. So he uses uh, his eyes, he uses the, the data, he can kind of combines them both. He's always changing, he's always changing his programs based off of what he sees, and he gets into a lot of that in this episode. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Blast Motion. Blast Motion is a bat sensor. Can track your attack angle, bat speed, time to contact, vertical bat angle. And if you head on over to blastmotion.com and type in code PJB25, you'll receive $25 off. Now batting, Brandon Janeka. All right, and we are now live with Brandon Janeka. Brandon, thanks for coming on today, man. Uh, thank you for having me. So you are with the Grind Systems. You're the owner, right, of the Grind Systems, which is a data-driven sports performance training center, correct? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm one of the owners. Uh, it's me and my business partner, Tom Snell, and uh, we own uh, the facility True Grind Systems down here in Austin, Texas. So you're a data-driven sports performance training center. What What exactly does that mean? Uh, that means we use, uh, data driven. Absolutely. We, we use data to, to validate, um, the athletes progress and, and to, um, to, to hold our coaches and to hold the facility accountable for, for seeing progress. Um, data is such a, a valuable met, uh, tool these days and, and it really, it's unbiased. I mean, it's, it, the numbers are the numbers, you know, and, and the numbers don't lie. So, uh, we use data, we use, um, uh, whether it's performance data or, or movement data or force data, whatever it is, uh, we use it to to help our athletes progress and ultimately become the best, um, most efficient version of themselves as possible. How do you how do you track all that data? Is there a system you guys use, or how do you do that? Um, yeah, right now it's kind of uh, uh, it's all hand on paper and uh, through spreadsheets. Um, we take uh, metrics at the beginning um, of a of a of a course or a camp, and then take metrics at the end, and we look for correlations and and all that good stuff um, to make sure the athletes are progressing, and like I said, to hold our make sure that we're doing our job. Uh, but really, data data is um, most valuable part of data is being able to see data and correlate a feel. To, to that data, whether it's lifting more weight, whether it's hitting the ball harder, throwing the ball harder. If we could correlate, hey, that gave me better data, what were you feeling? Okay, well, let's work on that feel more. The data is just there to validate what the athlete's feeling. We, we got to have that feel. We can't be just, you know, chasing numbers. We're, we don't get those numbers in the game. We don't get those numbers live, you know, um, maybe velo when you when you get into the upper level uh, uh of baseball but but other than that 
that is my my best or my uh, biggest uh, or favorite component of data is just being able to correlate the feel to the improved metric uh, lifetime. Yeah, and I I agree with that because it's like the numbers are good, but I think that the biggest problem is is understanding what to do with those numbers, right? Um, now my next question is kind of geared towards that a little bit is, do you guys do like a movement screen? So it's a two-part question. Do you guys do like some sort of movement screen, but like what do you do with what you find on that movement screen? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing, the first thing we do with every athlete is a, uh, is a full movement screen. Um, before they grab a baseball, before they pick up a bat, we just see how they move. Uh, that movement screen it, it entails uh, everything from you know goals, injury history, to uh, breathing patterns, movement patterns, uh, active range of motion, passive range of motion, um, dynamic posture, uh, static posture, uh, how the scap is moving uh, on the on the rib cage, um, uh, all of that, how how they squat, how they lunge, how they rotate, and, and then we uh, we try to find dysfunction. That that movement screen really gives me. A, uh, a starting point to develop a individualized strength program for that athlete. And it also allows our performance coaches to better understand that athlete. Um, for instance, if an athlete is lacking on internal rotation, let's call it active internal rotation of their lead hip. Okay, that means um, that means he doesn't have the the musculature strength to hold his hip in the internal rotation as he strides down the uh, the amount so he is more conducive to fly out um, and so now our skill coach can can really look at that and and not not go past that threshold to where we where we create bad mechanics because it's not the athlete's fault it's not him not executing the movement um, it, it's just him lacking the strength he is not executing the movement but he's not doing it uh, on purpose he's just lacking the strength to hold that internal rotation, which is causing a, um, a domino effect of, of, of bad things, which flies out the shoulder, puts more uh, valgus stress on the elbow, and and can cause uh, arm side uh, upward run, and, and it just um, it, it just allows us to to get a starting point um, from that movement screen. I, I you know specifically prescribe corrective exercises uh, as well as exercises, um, main exercises, um, accessory exercises. Their, their entire strength program is based on that assessment. How did, how did you come up with this movement screen? Like, um, the first, um, the first, uh, example of movement screen I got with was, was Eric Cressy's. Um, I got a hold of his movement screen, which I mean, he, he doesn't try to hide it or anything. Uh, I, I uh, an intern came down and and checked out the gym and, and he had the movement screen and took a look at it and man it, it was awesome um, over the years that was probably two years ago two three years ago and over the years I've uh, I, I've made some some minor modifications to to fit my style I guess or my flow of the way I like to do things down here but but overall I just took uh, Eric Cressy's movement screen which is pretty comprehensive and uh, and, and just slightly modified it, and 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 that's where I am today. Don't you think that that part of the problem, maybe with doing just a movement screen, is so many there's so many variables, right, that can affect 
um, how tight they are that day, right? If you go, if you go, if they go on an airplane ride or something, you do that same movement screen a few hours later, it could be a lot different, those results. So I, that, the reason yeah, I'm asking that is I've heard of, of people who they, they don't really do movement screens. They just watch the athletes warm up when they do like their dynamic warm up or not, whatnot. And that kind of tells them, um, what's going on with their body. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely 100% true. There's so anytime you're dealing with the human body, you just have an exponential amount of X factors. There there's we're, we're so dynamic uh, of a creature that you you always have to have an open mind. You always th- like I said, this this movement screen is just a starting point. It, it's it's nothing more than that. It, it's not set in stone. Nothing I do is ever set in stone. I'm always open to change. I'm always adjusting things based on, you know, what I see. Um, uh, most of the athletes or, or all the athletes after that movement screen go through a one to four week process that I call MOT and it's movement optimization training. And that's, um, just learning the basic human movements, learning how to breathe, brace, squat, hinge, push, pull, lunge, and rotate. And I'm also um, critiquing or I'm also judging or, or, or assessing their movement during that movement screen. Uh, if a brand new athlete comes in, you know, a 12-year-old undeveloped kid, he's, he's going to be doing the full four-week program. Um, if a collegiate athlete comes in who's been with me, you know, four or five years um, and is ready to go, we'll, we might do a one- to two-week MOT. Where the, the purpose of the MOT is to recalibrate the movement patterns, uh, deload the body, uh, get off of the repetitive motion of baseball and more into um, a, a movement-based uh, mindset. But uh, but yeah, that that MOT, you're absolutely right. The 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 movement screen is just a starting point, but I'm constantly assessing how they move, um, um, with how they move their bodies. How many how many kids do you normally see a day? Um, right now we have 103 on our roster. I probably see anywhere from seventy-five to ninety-five. Whoa! So it's it's a membership type of setup. I take it. <laughs> um, can't can't say membership. Uh, that puts us in a, a different uh, uh, tax uh, tax thing. Uh, that no, it's it's not a membership gym, but it is a month to month. You're paying for a program. Okay. You get access to the gym by, by paying for the program. Everybody that comes in is on an individualized program. Uh, you just don't come in and, and start lifting weights. What's What's your background? My background, well, uh, born and raised here in Austin. Um, graduated, uh, played ball all my life. Um, graduated high school in 2006. Uh, then my senior year, up until my senior year, I, I, in my mind, I was playing pro ball. Um, there was no contingency. There was no plan B. Um, senior year came and, and my body just broke. It, it broke down. I, I've been playing with injuries since I was 12 years old, just riddled with them. Um, being a catcher in the Texas heat, you know, playing triple headers on, on a regular basis, um, is I, I guess caught up with me. And, um, my senior year got, uh, I was just in too much pain to, to continue. I wasn't, I wasn't, any good you know I was, I was a, a d3 athlete um being being scouted by d3 schools uh, local d3s around uh around the austin area um uh, i was i i guess above average behind the plate below average at the plate um and then uh after i graduated i hung them up um 
and then went to uh, Texas State University. I uh, graduated with exercise sports science degree in 2011. Um, and then shortly after that, early 2012 is when I started strength coaching. So this is what my, my seventh, seventh year of, of strength conditioning coaching. I got started, believe it or not, I got started strength coaching uh, volleyball players. Uh, mentored a guy for, for about eight months and then uh, finally uh, let me loose. And the next two people that walked through the gym door were, were going to be my clients. And there were two volleyball girls. And, uh, and they, really, they really sparked that, that flame um, of, of how important strength training is to me. Um, I, I realized very, very quickly that they would do anything I said. They, they, they looked up to me. They, they, um, uh, mentored me and, and I really, really felt the, the responsibility, the, uh, power is the wrong word, but I could really do something cool. I could really do something good, much, much more than just getting them stronger, making them jump higher, hitting the ball harder. I really could improve their confidence, improve their security. Um, improve their, their way of life. And that's, that's ultimately, you know, my end goal, you know, with, with every athlete that, that comes to that door is, you know, I, I want to make them the best baseball player that they could possibly be or the best athlete still train volleyball, uh, yeah, some basketball, um, a few football still, but, but predominantly baseball, but anybody that walks through that door, uh, I want to make them the best athlete possible, but I want to make them, the best human possible. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a good point right there where I think sometimes in this information era we we chase numbers so much, we chase kind of, you know, and the just the end goal of becoming the best player possible or whether that's getting drafted or getting a scholarship, we do sometimes forget that for the majority uh, this isn't gonna uh, this isn't gonna last forever this whole <laughs> baseball thing, but you know they are gonna have the rest of their life um, that they need need to live, and so we we do need to prepare them for that. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. That's that that's that's our job as 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 leaders. You know, they they come in here and high school aged athletes, college athletes, uh, youth, or and even pros, and 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 they they pay True Grind Systems to lead them. You know, lead them to become a better athlete and and lead them to to develop the uh, the tools and and the mindset and uh, the fortitude to succeed on and off the field of play. And that's that's what we're about. Is there anything that you're like, uh, any type of like rabbit hole you're going down right now that you're studying, um, if it's within the human body or baseball or just anything that's like pretty specific? Um. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'm, I just work, I'm working with a, a mechanics coach and, uh, we have a mechanical coach, uh, Scott Lacey here in, uh, in, in true grind systems. And, and we've been working together for about a year and a half now. And, uh, uh, he, he's incredible at what he does. And I really have, uh, have gotten to see through the mechanic mechanical coach's eyes. When you say mechanical and he's coaches, got this, is there like what kind of mechanical coach? Uh, a hitting coach, a pitching coach, uh, a baseball coach, so a non-strength conditioning coach. Uh, he does hitting and pitching. Yes, okay. uh, yes, yes, sir. Uh, n- not fielding, not not catching or anything like that, but but hitting and pitching, uh, he 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 does. Um, 
And, and, you know, he sees like my, my going back to my example earlier, he sees front arm fly out. I see weak internal rotators. And so how can we take his assessment and alter the strength and conditioning, conditioning program based on not only the movement screen, but their performance screen as well. And so we could come up with the ultimate program that, 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 um, thins that line, I guess, that that transition into the weight room or, or from the weight room in, onto the, the, the field of play. Um, and and uh, I'm working with uh, uh, Bobby Tewksbury, uh, developing a, a, a platform that, that's just data-driven platform to, to find correlations. And, and that's what we're trying to do is just try to find correlations with what works for different profile athletes. You know, uh, an athlete that, you know, has bad T-spine mobility, um, tight lat, and bad ankle mobility. You know, what exercises best work with that athlete? Whether that, it's uh, work that, capacity. Like, it's so tough because you take like, – so many baseball players are, are tight. A lot of them are tight anyway. And sometimes if you try and make them, like, you know, loosen them up a little bit, whether if maybe they have, you know, their – you know, limited external rotation with their back hip, their rear hip, right? If you, if you, you know, try and do a bunch of corrective exercises, do you see guys where it actually kind of makes them a little bit worse because you're, they're kind of going against what their, their body's naturally made like? Well, every, everything, everything is, is got a balance to it. You know, everything's got a balance. You, uh, the, the, the mobile versus the tight athlete, you know, the tighter you are, the more stable you are, uh, but the less movement range of motion you're going to have, the more mobile you are, the more range of motion you're going to have, but the less stability you're going to have. You need both. You need joint stability, uh, as well as strength in, in, in power to, uh, to deliver the, the goods to deliver the, the bat head or the baseball, uh, and it's it's all a balance, and and that's where the communication and that's where the uh, the relationship building comes to play. You know, you're just constantly assessing. The great thing about working with the body is nothing happens overnight, mm-hmm. and so you know you're constantly just assessing. You know, we know that the athlete needs to be able to hold internal rotation of the lead hip. Uh, I mean, uh, there 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 might be a, a very very minute percent of a percent of guys out there that that don't need that but our programming is is you know is meant for the other 99.99 percent uh of athletes and and that's why nothing's set in stone is i might run into that guy and and great phenom or whatever you want to call him uh um uh, what linscom uh, is a guy that I would never ever coach to to throw like you know he's just he's he's so gifted with his stability and mobility of his body and and the way he could uh, deliver a baseball was you just you can't teach a guy like that he's got the perfect concoction of uh, God given ability I guess to to be able to throw like that and um, he did a great job on 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 finding it. Um, but, but you always got to stay adaptable. You always got to stay open-minded. Um, uh, and you have to maintain a relationship with the athletes. You know, if they feel like they're getting worse, okay, let's, let's assess. What's, what's going on? What are, you, what are you feeling? And and go from there. And maybe we do back off the mobility a little bit on a, on a certain aspect and, and, and do something else. But basically, when, when an athlete is immobile, 
they're basically just not putting that joint in in a position. Uh, bad ankle mobility. You know, they're just not squatting enough. They're not. Uh, you know, uh, POs do not. You know, for the most part, put their ankle in that much flexion where they bring the toe towards the uh, towards the shin, and and they need that to to develop outside of of baseball. Uh, you need that to to squat effectively and efficiently. Um, the one thing we have to realize about baseball is, I love the sport, made a living off of it, played it all my life, but it is terrible at overall developing the body. It is a fast, um, violent, rotational, repetitive movement that is that is extremely harsh on the the spine and the shoulder capsule um, and the hips uh, and and. Playing the sport itself, very few people can develop efficiently without being in the weight room and without understanding movement um, in, in the sport of baseball. Then you you just couple that with uh, with uh, the South's year-round playing, and uh, I, I believe that's a, a major component to uh, the injury epidemic that that we're seeing down here in. Uh, uh, I know we're seeing it down here in Central Texas, where where guys are dropping like flies, and there and there's so many athletes that the organizations just bring the next one up, you know, and and when when they rehab from surgery, um, they get told they'll have a spot on the top team, but they have to still perform to get that spot, and odds are is they're 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 not going to be on that top spot. They're either going to graduate before they get the opportunity to to, to fully recover or or they'll just they'll just never be the 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 thrower that they were or the athlete that they were. So so I assume you're you're mainly talking about pitchers when you say dropping like flies, and that kind of leads into my next question. Um, there's some there. I mean, like you just said, the training isn't perfect. Definitely, it's probably it's definitely behind overall in the game of baseball, but it's it's further yeah. along now than it has been in the past. But yet we're still seeing, you know, all these injuries at an all-time high rate. Like, why do you think that is? Well, it's because it's it's the, the, the Jekyll and Hyde, the, the science. Baseball is I, – I, I love where the sport's at right now. It's so new to everybody. Everybody's got all this new tech and new data, and we can – nobody really understands what to do with it yet. And, and uh, uh, they're getting guys to, to, to basically throw harder. And and throw harder with uh, with dysfunction is um, a fast track to injury. You're gonna get hurt a lot quicker throwing 95 than 45. And so we're teaching these guys to throw harder, but yet they don't have the development, the the physical development, or they don't have the the stability to to withstand that repetitive motion. Uh, they can do it, you know, six months, eight months. Maybe two years, but you know their their bodies fail. The muscles get dominant. Uh, they shut off other muscles. Uh, they stop doing their job, uh, lose stability, and then you know slap tear, uh, UCL tear. Uh, name your pick your poison. Name whatever one you want. It's just it, it's a matter of, of dysfunction and overuse. What do you think about uh, running poles? Pitchers running poles. <laughs> Everything in life's got a balance to it. I think balance <laughs> on running poles is 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 far to the uh, don't do it. But uh, you know, if a guy comes in, and he's throwing ninety six, and he loves running poles. 
hey, keep running polls, man. Right. right? Well, no, and <laughs> you, I say you, that because I know uh, I saw not that long ago, or Max Scherzer, actually, I don't know if you saw this or not. Um, someone mentioned running polls with him, and I know he, I think he still does it, I'm pretty sure anyway. And it's kind of the same scenario. It, it's like a guy that dominant, like, how are you going to tell him? not to do yeah. what he's always I, done yeah but exactly what, what would you exactly. like what would you okay so you're a coach of a team and you have pitchers on it like would you tell them to run polls no no i, would, I wouldn't tell them to run polls uh what would you have them do i want to train in, i want to train the same energy system um baseball is is a very anaerobic sport so it's a quick powerful movement followed by a long break you know it's it's you know uh, one to two second pitch and followed by 14, 20 second break. And, it, and it's like that. So we didn't want to do more uh, of sprinting, uh, more, uh, you know, high interval, uh, high intensity training um, with uh, relatively short breaks, uh, short bursts of energy with short breaks, whether that's sprint, sleds, uh, burpees, bear crawls, um, lunges, uh, jumps. Uh, you name any calisthenic and, and, and get after it for, you know, 10, 15, 20 seconds and then followed by, you know, a 10, 15, 20 second break. Uh, that's how I uh, condition our athletes. Um, but but like I said, everything's got a balance to it. Matt Scherzer tells me he wants to run polls. I'm not going to be the one to tell him no. How do you balance out uh, the kids who are playing uh, summer baseball and playing like five, six games? over a two two day span or or I mean I mean last week I was in uh, Grand Park Indianapolis from Wednesday till Sunday um and which it, which is insane of itself I mean they literally scheduled this tournament so we you know everyone's in a in a pool and you know we would play a game like one game a day like Thursday and then like we wouldn't find out what time we would play the next day or if we would play the next day till that following morning so we would have to stay in the hotel another night because they get a kickback from the hotel. So you're, I mean, it's a built, it's a summer baseball kind of uh, dilemma. What are your thoughts on all that? And how do you, you know, kind of balance that out with the training aspect? It's tough. It's, it's, you know, that's, um, that's a formula that uh, I'm still searching for. Um, trying to find that balance. Um, athletes need to play, um, but they also need to, to take time off. If they choose to play the summer, then I push towards taking the fall off. Uh, but basically, I uh, I alter. I, I'm the one to adjust. Allow me to adjust. I, I can't go and ask a coach, "Hey, you know, this kid needs a break or anything like that." Uh, I can advise it to to the parents and the kids, but I'm the one who adjusts their workload. Every, everyone's got a a max capacity workload that they um, that they have within them. Um, and so I'm, it goes back to that relationship building, that communication, uh, with a coach, the athlete, how they're feeling, what their schedule looks like. Uh, we might have to drop back the, the, the volume a little bit. We might have to drop back the, the weight, the intensity of their workout based on how they're recovering, how they feel. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's a tough balance. It, it really is a tough balance. These, these, this year was the uh, the first year here in Texas that uh, they're going to regular Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so that really, really inhibits their ability to train during uh, during their summer season. Um, uh, it, 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 it's 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 I don't it's know. a business. I mean, it's it's a you know, yeah. summer. It's definitely a business. 
Um, and um, which stinks. I guess I know I've heard uh, I've heard actually Bobby speaking about Bobby Teesbury. You know, one of the things that he was saying, which I completely agree with, is you know, be good first. Right. So be a good hitter first, you know, be and I've heard other people say this, too, where you just get good first and then worry about playing, you know, 1900 games during the summertime. Like, it, you know, and I get you. There's a balance effect too. like you. Ha- you do have to play to develop. But the fact of the matter is, is if you're not you know, strong enough, if you don't throw hard enough right now. You can play on the very best team. You know, I don't know. They're not going to take you, but you could play in front of the best coaches, everybody. you they're not going to you know, offer you anything. So that's kind of my theory on it anyway. And I say that as a summer Absolutely. baseball coach. Uh, absolutely. You got to, uh, one of the hardest parts about baseball, one of the hardest parts about life is, is taking that, that self-assessment on what you're lacking as, as an athlete. Are you lacking size and strength, power, force production, or is there something mechanical there? Can, you know, can you squat to an, Two, two times your body weight and pull two and a half times your body weight off the ground. Uh, can you, you know, uh, reverse lunge effectively, uh, efficiently? Can you, can you do all these things properly or, or you just gotta, you just gotta make that call. You know, um, it's, it, it sucks because, you know, the coaches that they, they, if the athlete even, you know, starts to hint on, you know, maybe taking a summer off and, and more focusing on their, their physical development, you know, it's coaches can enter a, um, a, a blackmail, uh, ish kind of, uh, conversation to where you might not have a spot back. And, you know, and, and the, the thing that the coaches have for him is, you know, these guys are loyal and these guys uh, love their teammates. And, you know, they don't want to let their teammates down. They don't want to let their coach down. Um, and it's hard. I'm guilty of it, too, to, to put yourself ahead of, ahead of the team. But you have to think of it by making yourself better, you're going to make the team better. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's taking that self-assessment with the athletes. And I've had – I have that heart-to-heart conversation with with our guys on, on a regular basis, on on especially towards uh, the end of a season, coming up on a on a new season. Uh, you know, here, I guess uh, mid-August uh, to to mid-September, we're going to be having that conversation of do you do you need to play fall ball? You know what? There and there's so many factors that go into it. You know where you're at. You know if you're an unsigned senior or uncommitted senior. High school senior, um, man, you need to play. You, you got to get out there. Um, we we can't stop developing the body. We, I, in my mind, we should never be all the way to either side. I, I don't think we should ever, ever completely stop working on our skill development and ever completely stop working on our physical development or our strength development. We're just constantly trying to find that balance. That that where does that dial need to be? to help you become the best baseball player possible. And that dial changes from a from a month to month, a, a week to week, even a day to day basis. We're also, we're constantly trying to change that, move that dial to to find that equilibrium or to find that balance of skill development, uh, strength development or, or 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 physical development. So I I heard you kind of say you mentioned in there about how uh, squatting like two times your body weight and like, you know, being able to push a certain amount of weight too. Is there something is that important that you be able to know how to do that or not know how to I think so. be able to do that i think so um you, you gotta have a base level of strength um strength is is 
is, is so important not only for actually producing force but for protecting the body um there's there's a lot of metrics you can go by um, i mean two times and, two times your body weight that's like you're 200 i mean that that's a you gotta be pretty strong pound squat yeah. yeah, yeah, you you need to be. I'm I'm really not letting off the pedal on on strength until until we can do that. Um, um, barring some some dysfunction of you know um, that that that's causing you not to not to be able to do that. Some some structural dysfunction that uh, that we have to work around. Whether that's you know Seaver's disease of of the uh, of the ankle, uh, which usually affects young kids. So wait, what was we're that? Not, we're ankle? not actually now. Seavers, uh, okay. it, it's just tight Achilles, tight tight fascia that that doesn't allow good ankle mobility. You you have to have ankle mobility to squat. Uh, I mean that that's a big part of of the movement itself. But but yeah, we have to be able to produce force into the ground. Um, you know, if, if the athlete has some spine spine issue, um, uh, you know, fused fused vertebrae or, 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 or whatever it is, you know, maybe, maybe we don't use the squat metric. Maybe we go to a deadlift metric. Uh, maybe we go to a, a single leg. Um, I rarely ever fully max out our athletes. Only, only the, the, the upper level, uh, guys who, who, who want to do it. Um, I usually go off an estimated max. Uh, they pick a, a weight that they can do one to 10 reps with and they max out with, with reps. I think it's a lot, a lot safer. Um, way of, of maxing out and you always the the thing that that strength coaches always have to do is is weigh out the ri- the risk and reward you know is uh, olympic lifting great example L- love the movement great movement um the snatch the the clean and jerk awesome very powerful uh movements that that demand an incredible amount of stability incredible amount of mobility uh an incredible amount of, of force production but it also takes an incredible amount of time and discipline to, to learn those specific movements. I just don't have that time with guys. I can, you know, you know, uh, a, a clean, you know, I can do a, a front squat and a kettlebell uh, swing, you know, that, that really kind of works the same movement. So um, it, it's weighing out risk, risk versus reward. And, and, you know, some athletes, I, I, not that I've never programmed an Olympic level, Olympic uh, lift, um, had a pro guy last year that, that was uh, very proficient at them. Um, and he wanted to do hang cleans. Um, we assessed him, we looked at him, he was very good. And so I programmed him. But for the most part, I, I don't do Olympic lifts, uh, just because I'm constantly weighing the, the risk versus reward. How do you guys program and do the, the hitting portion? Uh, the hitting portion this year is actually all Bobby Tewksbury. We, um, we became a partner facility with him. And uh, we, at the beginning of the uh, of the summer, we took uh, metrics using uh, K motion, K vest, hit tracks, um, video, and video. And he created a, a custom hitting program that the athletes are executing um, four days a week um, here in the in the facility. What did you find uh, using K motion? Uh. K motion, um, you know, I haven't really dialed in on on that data yet. The the main thing that I see with with young hitters is, especially when they're trying to create, um, uh, I, I guess, lift on the ball, um, is you know, we want the athletes to hinge. 
you know, the, the hinging activates the posterior chain, activates the big power producing muscles. So they hinge and instead of staying in the hinge, they go to a, a, a side bend and the K motion tells you that. And so, so instead of hinging back, they're sitting there cocking their hips forward towards the pitcher uh, and actually side bending their spine or, or lateral deviating their spine. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what, uh, uh, I see most with, with young hitters. The, the awesome thing about K motion is that it detects things that, man, I, I know I can't see, I, I don't have the best eyes, especially for, for evaluating hitters or, or pitchers or mechanics in general. I'm, I'm not a mechanical coach. Obviously I, 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 you know, have to dabble in it because that's my job is to get them better, uh, at the game. But, um, it, it measures things like, uh, the the timing the the sequencing uh, of the unwind of their of their swing um, that I don't think you can really tell with with the naked eye uh, at least not to the degree that that K motion find uh, measures. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I I always like asking that question, especially if I when I find out someone has one or not. Yeah, I have one too, but I'm always selfishly looking for more answers because um, it is tech and it's you know it's somewhat new. And so, um, nothing's perfect. So again, I'm always, I, I want, and I'm trying to get as much information as possible because I want to learn I, and, and help as well. I get it. I get it. I just, we just got ours. Um, let's see, we're four, four weeks into the summer. We, we got ours four and a half weeks ago. So, um, so, uh, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, busy with, uh, with the strength aspect. I, I haven't had time to pull up the, the K motion data, and, and really start to correlate um, the movement, to, you know, and that's, again, that, that's what we want to do. We want to correlate the, the data from the K-motion to the movement screen to the strength. What is, what is the common theme here? Is there something that we can detect uh, that we can more effectively fix? Or, or is there nothing? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when I look at the data and I don't really see anything or know for sure, I won't use it. I mean, I won't. I'll, I'll just pretend like it's not there because I don't want to make the mistake of changing someone's swing based on numbers that I really don't understand what they mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. That's uh, and it's tough. Good on you. That's why, again, that's why that I asked you that question tough. because, I, you know, I mean, there's don't get me wrong. I, I know a lot about it, and I know, um, you know, for a lot of players, what to do with it. But I don't know everything, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I. yeah, I don't know. That's just my view on the on the on the te- on that stuff. Absolutely. Um, so you guys use hit tracks uh, as well. What do you do for pitching? Um, um, Scott uses Rapsodo. Uh, uses Diamond Kinetics ball. He uses um, high-speed cameras. Um, I believe that's it. I could have sworn there was one. Oh, modus sleeve. Um, yeah, I mean we have we have a good amount of tech. Um, we we have most of the most of the big players. Um, we don't have them all. I don't have a, a body track. I don't have a force plate or anything like that. But. But we have we have most of the tech and we utilize it and again uh, we try to correlate improved data to to feel um, and and yeah the the Repsoto is awesome uh, 
Scott's uh, doing pitch design right now, so he can he can take what your natural ability is, whether it's high speed rate or high spin rate, low spin rate, whether you naturally put a cut on the ball or or, or whatever you naturally do, and try to exacerbate nature instead of fighting nature. Uh, and, and that's what I love 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 most uh, about it is it just finds out what you're good at and allows us to to work with that. Yeah. The- the Rapsodo and spin is a it's a pretty cool thing and and I'm I uh, I'm reading this book called I don't know if you've heard of it, quantitative hitting it's been out on Twitter anyway pretty lately and it's it's cool I mean I live in Cincinnati and, and one of the things that uh, I've followed for a while is how Joey Votto never hits he never pulls the ball foul and he never hits infield pop ups and in the book they talk about how his bat is at like one of the most vertical angles at contact you know his his vertical bat angle at contact than like the major- like almost all the players with at least 500 plate appearances i believe and and how he also very you know him and like trout and the the best of the best hit for very don't hit for very much backspin on their ball either their ball has you know hardly any backspin on it too so it's just i do like to 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 see that kind of interesting stuff and it it makes me kind of go back as well like okay like maybe i'm teaching hitting that outside pitch wrong because i'm telling players to flatten out their bat that's actually not true so it, it again it you know going back to kind of what you know, I like having you on the podcast for because I know you're doing stuff um, that's like you know really progressive in the in the game and in the strength and conditioning world is is just constantly learning. And when you do make a mistake or you do you know used to teach something wrong, like that's okay too. You know what I mean? That's what kills me about social media is like you're not allowed to like make a mistake. You make a mistake or you you teach something like one time wrong, you know, you don't even get a chance to like make it right again. You just got these all these trolls just after you right away. I don't I don't think yeah. it's healthy. I'm with you. I'm with you 100. I'm I'm almost seeking out to to make mistakes. Uh, I say that you know uh, carefully. It's it, it can be taken the wrong way, but I'm I'm constantly trying to trying to to push the edge i'm constantly trying new things and 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 trying to to see what works and what doesn't work um i i want to be you know uh i want to get the best product possible and 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 you gotta adapt you gotta evolve um but absolutely you know i make mistakes all the time and i'll continue making them for the rest of my life only thing you can do is own up to them and, and and change them and you know and that's without the mistakes i mean uh, how many cliche things Thomas Edison, you know, million ways to not make a light bulb or whatever. And uh, mistakes are, are so valuable. Failure is so valuable of a tool. It, it's it's probably the best learning tool we have. And if we're not failing, we're not trying. We, we have to make these mistakes. Um, I know I'm constantly making them. Um, and, and, you know, uh, a humble, uh, open mindset is is – is key you know we you gotta you gotta stay open to two possibilities never get married to to one thing um and 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 stay humble <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's awesome well hey man I, I really appreciate you know you coming on um you know for for everyone listening out there who wants to kind of follow brandon you know make sure on instagram it's at true grind systems um it looks like you guys got a really nice facility kind of I've been on your Instagram looking at it lately it's you know really really sharp and you guys uh have the reason I asked how many athletes you have because every time I see like a 
a video or something you guys put on there. It just seems like there's there's so many kids down there working out. It's it's really cool to see. Yeah, we have a great group of guys. They they absolutely um, come in every day and, and get after it. And uh, hats off to them. You know, we we wouldn't be here uh, without without our athletes. Yeah, I mean, all all the credit goes to them. Um, I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with them. You know, their uh, their 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 attitude, their their work ethic, their their mindset. You know, they they come in and uh, they they hold our culture true. Um, and it's um, I love those guys. Yeah, and they, and they absolutely get after it. You're right. It's, it's such a beautiful picture. But but yeah, thank you for having me, Patrick. Uh, had a great time. Uh, love speaking with you, man. Awesome. Appreciate it, man.